Welcome to the Clear Choices Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Eigner, and it is my unique privilege to bring you intriguing conversations with people who have made the bold choices necessary to elevate their lives and create a positive impact on the world. By hearing their stories, I hope you walk away more motivated and more inspired to do the same in your life. Because we all have choices to make. My goal is to help inspire you to make more conscious and powerful choices, clear choices. Now let's get started. Hello, Clear Choices listeners. This is Rob Eigner. Very excited for our guest today, someone who's overcome quite a few challenges in his life and done so with grace and power and turning it into positivity for himself and the world. Very pleased to introduce to you Chad Goldwasser. Chad is a top agent with Pure Gold Real Estate in Austin, Texas. Uh, They've helped over 10,000 families uh, move and they've exceeded a billion dollars in real estate sales. That is significant. And at times he has been one of the top real estate agents in the country. When he was with Keller Williams Real Estate, he was one of the top agents in the United States for that firm. So he's very successful, has done a lot of things. He's also an active speaker and author and blogger, etc. But those aren't really the reasons he's here. The reason Chad is here is he's also gone through some significant personal challenges and the way he's overcome them, the way he's chosen to address those things, I think will be of great value to our listeners. So Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, sir. Good to have good to be here. Thanks so much for having me, buddy. My pleasure. I'm glad to have you here. So so let's kind of get right into it. You have had great success in real estate, you know, number one agent at Keller Williams, but you had some significant challenges at some point. So tell the audience a little bit about amidst all this success that you were having from a business and financial perspective, what were the challenges you were faced with? Yeah. So uh, in uh, 1997, I got into real estate. I was 23 years old. Nine years later, age of 33, uh, walked across the stage as the number one agent uh, in the world for Keller Williams Realty. There was about 90,000 agents at the time. I felt unstoppable, uh, as most of us do. And um, I launched my own company in 2000 and the end of 2008, Goldwasser Real Estate. Everything was going amazing. We were growing. We had uh, almost 100 agents come to our team over the course of the next year. Uh, And in October of 2009, what happened was I found out that our controller, a woman that I had been uh, had been in business with us for three years, who I did not. I had told my CEO and my chief operating officer that I did not trust. We found out that she had been stealing money from us. She stole over a half million dollars from us in a three year period. and did not pay our payroll taxes. So we owed over $300,000 to the IRS. Uh, that was October 22nd of 2009 when I found out that that had happened. I thought to myself, you know what? No big deal. I know how to make money. That was one thing I did know. And I had built my entire career on positivity and energy and in uh, a great attitude. And so I tried to keep that energy and that attitude uh, throughout that period. In the midst of that, though, I lost one of my top agents and she recruited away almost half of my agents from January of 2010 through June of 2010. And in the midst of that, 
Uh, the woman that I met when I was uh, 11 years old, started dating when I was 13, married when I was 23, had three children with and built the company with, uh, told me she didn't want to be married anymore. So that was a uh, one, two, three punch, uh, if you know what I mean. And uh, that was the beginning of the challenges. And so, so how did you cope with that right out of the gate? So you have all these things happening, you know, significant financial hit, significant trust, breach of trust you know, significant disappointment or loss as it relates to your most important relationship. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you had lots of questions of yourself. What would, what choices did you make to kind of cope with all that? <laughs> the tough questions. Uh, well, at, at first, you know, at first everything was fine. I was like, you know what? I can deal with this. I can handle this. I had been teaching. I built my entire career on, uh, what I would always tell people was massively positive energy and incredible attitude and believing that I could do anything or overcome anything. And um, after all of that happened, uh, it was probably uh, February, I guess it was of 2010 when the divorce or 2011 when the divorce got finalized and such that it really hit me and took the wind out of my sails completely. I just did not want to get out of bed. I went through a uh, massive depression. Um, and as some people do in their lives, I started uh, trying to numb all the pain and I started uh, using drugs and alcohol and, you know, uh, mainly do the things that I was doing before that made me massively productive and incredibly successful. I put to the side and I started doing other things that were making me totally unsuccessful. Uh, and I lost my vision. I lost my creativity. I lost, I lost what I believed was my life. And so how long did this stretch of, uh, you know, let's just call it what it is, the stretch of depression, how long did it last? Like how long were you in that hole? Uh, I was in that hole literally uh, for a year from uh, February of 2011 till February of 2012. I like I said, I, I mean, I was playing defense. My business was so strong that it didn't matter uh, that I wasn't actually out prospecting and doing everything. My business still came in. So I was still making money. But I did not want to get out of bed. And so for a year, I basically was playing defense in my business. And uh, in February of 2012, thank God, uh, there was a note from my son that he gave me that uh, flipped a switch in my head and uh, and changed my thinking. And I got back to doing what I believed I needed to do to become successful again. What was in that note? Uh, basically what he said. So for my wife and I, my former wife and I were in business together and she was the chief operating officer of my company. Uh, we got divorced. She stayed working with my company. We stayed working together. We did not speak. I was so pissed um, and angry that we did not speak. It was it was rough. And I, I did not realize that my kids were seeing this, to be honest. I just, I didn't realize that they were. And so my, my nine-year-old son at the time wrote a note. And basically what he said was, uh, um, dear dad, in order to make this valent, it was a Valentine's Day card. He said, uh, in, in my former wife came over to my house. She said, uh, Aiden wrote us this note. He gave it, he was going to give us this card. He gave me half and he was going to give you half. He decided he didn't want to give you this half, but you need to see the note. And on that note, it said in order to dear dad, in order to make this Valentine's day better, you have to get together with mom, talk, 
glue this card back together and that will make this Valentine's great. Love Aiden. P.S. You're the greatest dad ever. And, but, but here's what, here's what clicked in my head when I read, first of all, I started bawling my eyes out. Second of all, I realized I was hurting my kids. They were seeing this strained relationship between their parents. And because of my attitude towards everything, I was hurting them. And that, that was a, a light switch that got flipped. And uh, I realized I can't keep doing this. I can't keep living this way. And I, I, I was poisoning my life with negativity and, and hatred. And, and you were kind of choosing that in, on some totally. consciously, consciously or unconsciously, you were choosing it. Totally. I was being a victim. I was being a little, excuse my language, but I was being a pussy. I was being a total, right. <laughs> total pussy. And, you know. And then a, and a, and a fairly simple note from a significant nine-year-old made the, sw- the, the, the switch shut yeah. back on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I- what did you choose? Like when you read that note, what changed? What happened? Where did you go after that? I, I was like, listen, man, you have been, you, ha- you have been the number one agent, one of the top 50 agents in the world in the industry. You've been the number one agent for a company of 90,000 agents. You have the ability to speak clearly, communicate, motivate, inspire, educate people. Um, you have so much opportunity in your life and you're wasting it and you're hurting your kids along the way, along the way. And, and you're ruining your life and you're never going to live to what God created you for. You're never going to reach your potential. If you continue to go down this path, if you continue to use drugs and alcohol to numb the pain of uh, what you've gone through, you know, you need to snap out of it. And that's what I did. Did you, um, a uh, couple questions. Did you have to, were you in a 12 step program? Absolutely. And, uh, uh, and then for the depression, did you go to therapy? Absolutely. So you were in a you're you got support around addiction. You got yes. support around depression. Yes. Any other support that you sought out? I think this is important for people to hear. Like you have to be proactive in your own healing. I think it's interesting because uh, you know we hire coaches, we hire uh, uh, we we get in mastermind groups, we get around people to help us make our businesses thrive. And yet in our personal lives, we don't do that. You know, right. I totally believe in the power of, you know, a group of people helping us to support us to go through and come back from any challenges that we have in our lives. And that's the same thing with alcoholism or addictions or, or depression or any of those things that, that to be honest, if everybody in this world stood up and there, they could not tell a lie and everyone had to raise their hand if they'd ever dealt with any of these things, you would see 90% of the people on the planet raise their hand. If they were being honest, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. So how long did it take you from the time you read that note from your nine-year-old, which is poignant, obviously, and then you started, you made the decision, hey, I can't be a victim anymore, basically. And you got into program, you got into therapy. How long did it take until you would say, wow, I'm no longer depressed and I'm no longer an active addict. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm on the road. I'm where I want to be. How long did that take? I'm still doing that brother. (laughs) The process never ends. (laughs) Every single day. Um, it, it was pretty immediate for me. I mean, uh, once I made the decision, 
to get focused. Uh, once I, once I stopped living in a victim mentality, just in, in allowing myself this BS excuse that just because, you know, my wife left me and I lost this money and I, you know, it's just, it was, when I look back, it's almost disgusting to me because it was such a pitiful attitude that I had. And, uh, but it turned around really quickly and I really got focused again. I really got energized when I started clearing my mind, when I, I stopped drinking my life away and I started clearing my mind of everything that then everything started to change quickly. And what are the things that you got from that period of growth for yourself that you still like apply, like it's enhanced your life and will enhance your life forever? What did I get from that period? Yeah, um, like as a tool or a learning or a, a you know something that you now use. Here's the interesting thing: when I was about 27 years old, I went to a John Maxwell conference, and he said all great leaders go through challenges and they come out stronger. And I was sitting in this thing, and I was thinking to myself, "Not me. I haven't gone through any challenges. I'm not going to go through any challenges. Life is freaking amazing." Um, I had to go through the challenges to become stronger as a human being to withstand uh, the challenges that I still go through. You know, I, there is no um, guarantee that people are sober forever. There's no guarantee that people won't go through more uh, embezzlement, um, things like that. Um, so it's, it's the ability that no matter what happens to you, that we can be resilient and we can come back. Yeah, I... That, that resonates with me greatly. As I told you before we started taping, you know, my parents are both Holocaust survivors. So that sort of resiliency is a, a big part of my core and, and really a big part of why I've chosen to interview people like you. Hello, listeners. I wanted to announce a very interesting and unique contest that we're going to be doing. As many of you know, I'm a coach and consultant and have worked with hundreds of business professionals, uh, helping coach them for both business success and success in life in general. And we want to put it out there to all of our listeners that anyone who shares the show, promotes the show on social media five or more times will be entered into a drawing for a free coaching session with me. So we would love to see uh, evidence of your shares uh, that can be found on the show notes of today's episode, how to do that. And anyone who shares our show more than five times will be entered into a drawing for a free coaching session with yours truly, Rob Iger. Thanks so much. Let me, let me share a few stats with you. And I just want to kind of, I'm going to go through about seven bullet points here. And I just want to get your thoughts, feedback, interpretation of this. Yeah. This is depression in the United States. It affects 18 million adults, one in 10 people in any given year. And like you said earlier, probably more if everyone was more honest about it. Yeah. It's the leasing, leading cause of disability for ages 15 to 44. It's the primary reason why someone dies of suicide, which happens every 12 minutes in this country. In, uh, homicide claims 16,000 lives. Uh, suicide claims 41,000. And then as it relates to the workplace, and then we'll stop there and I'll look for your response. Uh, in the workplace, it causes 490 million disability days per year. 
it accounts for $23 billion in lost work days and an estimated economic toll of $100 billion from American businesses. So what stands out to you? What hits you when you hear that? Uh, people need to step up and get help. People need to look to other people. Uh, people need to look to things like uh, you're doing right here. Other people that have gone through what they're going through and that have had their uh, experiences and, and look to their strength and, and find hope in those stories and find hope in their lives. But it tells me that this, the world is really crazy, man. So, you know, I want to uh, compliment you on something and then, and ask you a question about it. So, you know, you're, you're uh, incredibly open uh, and not, you know, embarrassed for lack of a better word about, you know, what the, some of the struggles you had. And some people are, I mean, I think the reason those numbers are so low is because people are embarrassed, particularly men are embarrassed to say, Hey, I'm depressed or I'm going through a hard time or I need help or I need support. So what is it about you or what, or, and, or what choice have you made uh, about being sort of open and vulnerable and honest about that? Uh, I have a mission. Uh, my mission is to make a positive impact on the lives of millions of people in this world uh, through writing, teaching, speaking, creating, um, training people. Uh, and I believe that there are more people that would not relate to my story of, you know, I grew up, I was a, a captain of the football team. I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, I became number one in the world for a company of 90,000 agents. I was one of the top agents on the planet, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's an awesome story. And that is a true story. However, along the way, there was a shitload of challenges. And then there came these big challenges and I had to overcome them. And I believe as um, I have heard many people say, allow your mess to become your message. Like I want people to get that, that, you know what? Yeah, I've had massive success, like incredible success. However, I've had massive failure too. I've had massive challenges. I've gone through a lot of things that a lot of us deal with and I've come back. And I still, to this day, have to get up every single day and do my mindset exercises and remember who I am. Well, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying, and it's a popular term, but it's, I think, very valid and it's popular for a reason. And that is, you know, you, you've decided that being authentic is the best way to connect with people, which I concur with 100%. And being authentic in your case and in my case and many people, it means to admit those challenges that we've had or the support that we need. And, and so I really commend you on that. Um, let me ask you another question. I, I joke almost on every episode because it comes up over and over again. And you alluded to it a few moments ago that um, instead of calling this clear choices, sometimes I should call the show, you know, go with your gut or something because it seems like everybody who's overcome something instead of making all these decisions from a logical strategic point of view, which they do, a lot of it ultimately ends up coming from a, a gut decision, uh, something that's coming from their gut. So talk to me a little bit about how much of your choices uh, uh, around the key things in your life are coming from your gut as opposed to your mind from logic. Um, I am a, uh, you know, I'm very much into mindset. I'm very much about creating my own future, um, seeing it. I also feel a lot. And that's a tough question to answer, um, what you just asked. But, 
You know, I think everything, I, I make decisions and I immediately act on them. So a lot of those decisions come from uh, my, my intuition, my, what I think I should do in that moment um, from my gut, if you will, I guess. So I don't really think that's a, a good answer to your question. Um, but I think a lot of what I do, what I do comes from my gut and I, I move on that. And like I said, I think that's from intuition and taking action on things that I believe are the right way to go. And, and overall, I'm not looking for a percentage per se, but overall that's working for you. Absolutely. And, and in, in unison with that intuition that you're tapping into, do you have a process? Like when you're making a key decision, whether it's about child rearing or your business or growing your speaking uh, enterprise, et cetera, how would you describe your logical, the logical side of the process? Like, you know, are you doing pros and cons? How much research are you doing? How are you making critical decisions in your life? Tons of research, but um, I'll just share one tool with you that I share with all of my audiences and people that I speak with. And one of the reasons I became successful is I utilize a tool called Creating My Utopia. And what I do is I push my life out 20 years, 20 years, and I'll write a story about it mm -hmm. that is like utopian. Like if my life were perfect, this is what I would be doing. And I, I do it from that 20-year perspective. Like I am 20 years from now, I'm 67 years old. Life is amazing. I feel better than I've ever felt. And, and I'll go into this story about who I am and what I'm doing at that time of my life, what my relationship with my wife is like, what my relationship with my kids is like, what my health is like, what my um, speaking business, everything, right? Yeah, I call that future visioning. Exactly. And then I'll come back and I'll create all my goals and things that I'm doing today based on that. So I have a great question for you. Um, you know, we're both in the real estate space, but I don't necessarily mean this question to be specific only to real estate goals. Yep. But, uh, so, you know, you talk about this future visioning process and I think it's fantastic and useful and I do it as well. Yeah. But one of the things I notice uh, with people in general is they don't like the feeling of setting a big goal and not reaching it. Yeah. They, a lot of people think a little smaller than I believe is in their best interest. They think smaller because they rather set a goal of making a hundred thousand dollars and hitting it than setting a goal of making 200,000 and only making 150, like somehow <laughs> making less money, but hitting the goal somehow feels better to people. So how, how do you, how do you resonate with that comment? Um, I would like to write a number one New York times bestselling book. My goal my affirmation is I am a number one New York Times bestselling author. If I write a book and it gets on the New York Times bestseller list and I never hit number one, do you think I'm going to be pissed? Exactly. Now you're no. making my point exactly. No. A lot of people kind of think, you know, they, 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 they have a hard time disassociating themselves from the, oh, I failed because I didn't hit the goal. But yeah, you actually perform better than had you not had the big goal. It's Absolutely. funny. So I'm going to totally pivot here really quick. So here's my quote that I selected for you. So just hear the quote and tell me how it relates to your life. Depression is focusing on yourself, on your troubles and what is not right. You can't be depressed if you're focusing on others. It's absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. Man, um, I was just thinking about this today. 
because, um, you know, a lot of my goals are selfish, like they're selfish, but in, in, I want to make a positive impact on the lives of millions of people. And when my vision and my focus is on others and serving them at the highest level, whether that be in helping them buy or sell a home or speaking and teaching or writing a book, if I'm focused on, on, on doing a great job for other people and serving other people at the highest level, you're right. I, I, when I'm doing that, I feel my most fulfilled. And when I'm most, my most fulfilled, I, I cannot be depressed. Perfect. I love that. So, um, what, what haven't I asked you that you want to make sure we share with the audience? Yeah. You know, um, what you haven't asked me that, uh, I think has made the biggest difference in my entire life is, you know, what took me to the top of the real estate industry. And, uh, I always tell people the, and this is completely opposite of what we have been talking about the whole time. Um, this depression and these challenges and the things that have held us back. But the number one thing is, you know, what made me the most successful. And I always tell people it's when I got to number one with Keller Williams, I was speaking all over the country and people would ask me, what is it? What is the key to your success? And I would pull them close and I would tell them massively positive energy and an incredible attitude. And they would, they would tell me, no, 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 no. Seriously, what is it? And I would tell them, listen, I can, I can teach you everything about real estate, but until you get that piece, it doesn't until, matter until you, you will never reach your potential. So let me ask you an important question. So that's a great point. And I, I don't doubt that that's true, not only for you, but for many successful people, Yeah, regardless of what they're doing. So how do you make sure that you have that positive energy and attitude every day. What are your, what are your specific things that you do to get that piece in your life? Right. Uh, it's my morning rituals, my morning routines, my, uh, mindset workout, um, my wake up thought, my affirmations, my visualization, going through my why reading through my goals and my business plan, um, reading positive material, writing, exercising my body. So exercising my mind and body every day. What about hanging out with, what about the people you spend time with? Like, how do you, how do you buffer yourself from negativity when it comes to other people? I, uh, <laughs> you attract who you are. <laughs> so if, if, uh, uh, I, I just, I do everything I can to keep around the most positive people in the world. Uh, and if they're not, um, that's fine. They can live their life the own their way, but, um, I just really do everything I can to spend my time around people that are thinking big because people that think big and that want to accomplish things in their life, they're not negative people. Right. That's, that's perfect. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you and your time today. I think uh, anyone who's listening is definitely going to get some uh, inspiration and some tools uh, in the show notes. I'm going to include a link to your, your personal webpage. Yeah. And, and any other materials um, you want me to include, we will do that. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest. I'm really honored to have gotten to know you. And uh, I wish you continued you. success in 2020. You too, buddy. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was another episode of Clear Choices. I'm Rob Eigner. Make sure you listen next week. Share, like, and uh, help us grow. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us. 
If you've been inspired and motivated by what you heard today, please subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Post it on social media, invite friends, and let me know if you have any potential guests. While you're there, leave us a review. We'd love to connect with you as well, so check out our Facebook page by searching Clear Choices. I'm available for speaking engagements, and you can find more information by visiting our website at clearchoices.live. And all this can be found in our show notes. Join us next week for more inspiring stories that can help us all make clear choices. Thanks for listening.